nothing left for me to hate so I can lay me down my brothers on the ground I bled today until coyote comes to raise me up and carries me Evening, all. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast. Uh, I am the host tonight. I'm John Anderson. Uh, Cami is not with us. He's again. He's let me loose. Um, I don't know. I'm like. I feel like I'm developing his trust, Craig. Uh, I don't know how, but you're managing. <laughs> it. It's like it's like uh, you know, almost like Ali Price or, or Greg. It was. It's more like Greg Laidlaw. With Finn Russell, the you know the calm, steadying uh, father figure to the 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 Maverick fly half. Um, yeah, no, it's obviously I do my best to not get a shut down, but sometimes we steer a wee bit close to the line. It's all good, right? So we are all one good. one one crossfield kick away from getting shut down tonight. Anywho, uh, join me tonight as as we've uh, no doubt indicated. Craig, Craig, how are you? I'm well, yeah, not bad at all. Just, uh, just, yeah, getting through the week as we all would do. Getting through the week—that is the only way to do it. Uh, I've got Absolutely. lots, and we've got lots of content tonight, Craig. Uh, first of all, we'll get the housekeeping out of the way, uh, as per what we always do on these online calls. Uh, so, if you could raise your hand, when you, oh, not that's the wrong ones. Um, we have—I'll um, get the banner up because I always forget to put this up. Uh, yes, head over to scottishrugbyblog.co.uk for any of the latest articles that go up there. Craig, you do some match reports for the Edinburgh games, uh, which have been quite well received. That's awful nice of everyone to receive them nicely. <laughs> I, I mean, I enjoyed them. I thought they were really good. Um, we also have a Patreon page. If you enjoy the content that you see here or want to see a little bit extra with added swearies, uh, where we do our people that have been with us a while remember used to do hands of the rock free to air but like all the best sporting programs we've moved it on to uh on premium um pay for tv so if you go over to patreon.com you can support us for three pounds a month get yourself into the richie vernon thunderdome or five pounds a month i notice cam doesn't he say the names of the places as often as he used to five pounds no, a month gets you into the doogie donnelly members lounge uh where you'll be greeted I can't actually say that for trading standards, but you will not be greeted by the great man himself because uh, we don't know where he is. 
Uh, we found him briefly, but we still don't know where he's hiding out these days. Um, that usually, after we kind of got past the whole being sponsored stage, that usually would be the end of the plugging things. However, we have some exciting, exciting. news, Greg. Exciting. Very exciting. Well, very exciting news. So, um, our super secret Patreons are aware of this, but... Um, makes it sound like some sort of Illuminati, doesn't it? The super secret Patreons. But we are proud to announce we, uh, in conjunction with uh, Three Bricks Events, we will be hosting, that's right, hosting live podcasts uh, during the Six Nations coming up at the Biscuit Factory in Edinburgh. Um, This will be at least, it'll be a great, great day out. Um, There seems to be lots of activities planned and yes, we will be there your favourite podcast hosts will be there um, doing a live show. Um, for details on all this, you head over to the blog, uh, Scottish Rugby Pod, at Twitter. Um, Cammy's been posting some stuff up on there. However, you there is a chance to win two tickets to this. So uh, please head over to Scottish Rugby Pod. So it's just at Scott Rugby Pod. Um, and the um, you'll get some information on there. Details of the tickets will be announced on the 1st of December, which is fast approaching, um, so you can make your plans to come and say hello to your favourite podcast hosts, maybe even, I mean, don't bring things to throw, but, you know, just, like, bring bring a good attitude, maybe some, some nice patter or something, um, and you'll get to see us in action live. As I said, that is the Biscuit Factory over in Leith. That is over the sunny side of the country, Craig, eh? It's going to be lovely as well. I'm looking forward to welcoming, welcoming some weege over the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 the beautiful city. Um, so we... it'll be interesting. But if there is anyone, anyone is thinking about bringing stuff to throw at the podcast, please make sure it's either cakes or sweets. Absolutely, yes. We 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 actively encourage cakes and sweets. Uh, do we do we need our passports to come over to that side of the country, Craig? Just your vaccine passports. That's about it. Uh, and we will put details of that closer to the event. Um, yeah. So the first one will be fifth uh, of February, uh, where the Scotland play England. Um, we will we'll start to announce more and more details. We're going to plug this as we go. You'll get to hear the various podcasters that will be at the various events. And, yeah, just really, really exciting. Looking forward to kind of doing this in person. Um, and then you get to see behind the scenes a wee bit about the um, epic amount of preparation that goes into this. Yeah, I'll turn up, have a pint sit back and then see who heckles and that's about it really pretty pretty much how it goes i'm used to johnny mcginty heckling me all the time so exactly yeah we are expecting just to be clear you know in the spirit of keeping this very formal we are expecting no firearms today however we might see a mcginty appear at some point so if a wild mcginty appears on your screen at any point uh, he is he's invited he's not just turning up (laughs) like he does these days so um Okay, dokie. I think that is the 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 kind of groundkeeping, groundkeeping, housekeeping, housekeeping, um, yeah. housekeeping stuff out the road. Shall we do some news? Let's go for it because there has been That's, plenty. There's been plenty of news, hasn't there? So, I mean, the biggest news of all. Let's start with the the, the top, the the absolute cream of the news. Ewan Ashman has went to Glasgow. That's amazing. What good <laughs> business that is! So excited. I'm so excited, so excited for Glasgow. That's awesome, mind you. One thing, one thing we did talk about uh, earlier on when we were, we were discussing it uh, in our wee chat that we have um, is that it really does um, 
uh, I wasn't aware that Fraser Brown was that badly injured, but obviously um, there's a there's a fair bit of backup there for having him, and it's a you know it's a loan deal at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, so it's so yeah, absolutely a loan deal to the end of the season from the Sale Sharks. Um, SRU have worked quite quickly to get that uh, enacted after obviously Ashman made his uh, Scotland bow uh, over the Autumn Internationals. Um, yeah, it is. It's, uh, I think universally Scottish rugby fans have been like, oh, that's a good bit of business, that. I think you're absolutely right. The concern would lie that if Ashman's coming in as a direct replacement for Fraser Brown, who may or may not be out very long term, mm. then it does it does seem to be... You Ashman was right at the start of his career, and I've got no doubt the guy is going to go on and have a, a magnificent rugby career. I think he's a very, very talented rugby player. That's a lot of leadership for Glasgow to lose. And yeah, replacement-wise, it's probably one of the best available, but a lot of leadership to lose. And there's a, you know, you and Ashman has got to, uh, you know, he's got big shoes to fill. Who's going to be able to give away? He's going to have to learn how to give away penalties quite dramatically. Well, um, you know, let, let's let's be clear. <laughs> One of Glasgow's latest barbarians will have, you know, the opportunity to step up into that. So, uh, yeah, the next piece of news, Ryan Wilson will be making his Barbarians debut this weekend. Um, did you see the promo picture? I saw the promo picture and uh, it was just Ryan Wilson at his best. And um, <laughs> yeah, I have, I'm pleased for him because yeah, him, yeah. And, him and Dave, is it Dave Carney, I think it's uh, 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 from Ireland. Is, is, Rob. Is get, Rob Carney, sorry. Um, you Dave know, was the, uh, the brother that wasn't as good. Aye, aye, that's true. Um, well, that's uh, it's, it's really good to see these guys get an opportunity to go out and, and have some fun, and and you know. But then again, I have noticed that the news has already started leaning an awful lot towards Glasgow. <laughs> I mean, well, if you want to bring some Edinburgh news into the fold, Craig, has has, has well, there been anything you know, happening over your? Yeah, we have. We've uh, that's uh, Emiliano Boffelli um, joined the squad, um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, he's a fullback, uh, Argentinian fullback, so uh, we'll wait and see how he gets. He's been picked up training, and we've seen a few pictures of him training, etc. So uh, it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see how we go. Um, so exciting times for us as well and also the fact that Finlay Christie could well be playing for uh, one of the Scot- one of the Scotland teams like hold that thought hold that <laughs> that's going to be a huge that's going to be a half hour pod on its own is it right okay, Finley, okay the dream is not dead folks the dream is, the not, dream dead. is not dead so let's just park that for a second because we're coming back to that <laughs> with a vengeance uh, first of all I mean Great signing, yes. Uh, really excited to see more Argentinian players play for the Scottish clubs. However, given that they got absolutely horsed off Ireland, I'm a little bit concerned like where Argentinian rugby is at the moment. But yeah, let's let's get these players over and maybe we'll see how they go. I think uh, I think Edinburgh's recruitment has been really like I've said this a couple of times actually, but it has been really strong actually in the summer. You you've picked up a couple of gems. Uh, particularly in your backs, so um, I think it'll be exciting to see how he fits in. With one glaring omission, one glaring omission, we need mm. a ten. 
We need oh, you do a need a ten. Yeah, you do need. Well, you've got a ten. We've got we've got some fantastic tens. We've you've got, got, um, got, got Yako and we've got Blair Kinghorn, etc. But we could do with a ten. Hmm. I think you could just could do with a really steady ten actually, just to kind of yeah. keep you. And seeing, his, seeing as Ross Thompson's not coming along the coming along the uh, wonderfully the wonderfully segued, my friend. Wonderfully segued. <laughs> well done. Yes, the triple threat, Triple H himself. Ross Thompson has signed an extension to his Glasgow contract. Uh, in typical Glasgow fashion, they announced it as a new signing, um, which, mm, yeah, we're, we're, we're a bit long in the tooth for that now, guys. So could you stop that, please? Just, you know, uh, I used to, I loved the days when they actually had the pen and they'd done it properly. But, you know, uh, a new signing extension of contract for Ross Thompson. I think it's a really good signing, actually, to to catch uh, capture him for another However long they don't disclose these things now. Um, there was rumours of for the foreseeable co- future. That's it. Until the Illuminati let him go. <laughs> um, yeah, again, we should be very clear that that's not what we believe. Um, no, I think there was rumours of English clubs sniffing already hmm. uh, for Ross Thompson. He seems to. I think what's impressed me most about him is. Right, so he does have, he has a skill set, he's able to do multiple things, his kicking game is very strong, his goal kicking is very strong, which um, is is obviously very useful, um, it just doesn't seem phased too much, aside from when he made his debut for Scotland, there was his first first moment, there was nerves, he missed, he missed something, and after that it just kind of settled right in, and he, he seems to just take to these, you know, you see players who have to work to almost accept that next level of responsibility and accept where they are in their career. So thinking about a guy like Duncan Taylor, who was very, very popular down at Saracens, made his Scotland debut, certainly didn't really hit his stride immediately. And yeah. Chris Harris is another great example, actually, of someone comes in, maybe just take a wee while to find your feet. Ross Thompson doesn't strike me as that sort of player. He's... It just seems to take these steps with with ease, almost. And I think it's great to have another Scottish 10 option. Uh, obviously, I would go as far as to say that, yeah, you're going to hear me say this in the podcast, you know, obviously Townsend has, based on the 23, you know, you've got Finn Russell. For certain games, you'll have Adam Hastings in that kind of 23. You probably then got Blair Kinghorn for versatility, which is why they've been trying Thompson out at fullback. It's a terrible idea, by the way, just saying. Um, so, but he's young, and that's 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 the key thing. He's got time in his uh, time in his side. Glasgow will be delighted to have him about. But it does continue to beg the question: Why did we waste money on Duncan Weir? Um, I get that the whole experience thing, bringing in an experienced head to kind of guide young Thompson. But doesn't seem the type that needs that. Yeah. So, well, you know, it's, well, I think I think he, uh, yes, he may not need the need 
you may not think he needs a guidance, but it's always good to have someone there. Oh, to, it's always good. To have a and uh, and if and you've always got to have someone. I I think he will get a little bit of guidance from Dunkey Weir. I think Dunkey Weir, he's dealt with. He's played for Glasgow. He's played for Scotland, and he's played for an English team. So he knows the pitfalls. He knows the the plus points. He played for Edinburgh as well. Just he's also played for everybody. Edinburgh as well. Speaking um, of pitfalls. Uh, yeah, okay, but uh, I have noticed that you did spend about ten minutes talking about um, talking about Ross Thompson's re-signing. But anyway, that's a different story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think uh, I think I think he'll, you know, Dunkey Weir. I think is a, is uh, we may eventually find out that actually he was a good signing after all. Um, and uh, you may find that further down the line. But uh, you can, I'll tell you one thing: he got Edinburgh out of a lot of. Sticky situations. If he's I he's got he's so, got some uh, good stuff out him once his contract was kind of up for renewal. Um, absolutely, yeah. it's like it's like Sam Hidalgo Klein all over again. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Hidalgo. <laughs> exactly. You should genuinely always just have Sam Hidalgo in a three month contract, and you would get you would actually have Aaron Smith in your hands. It would be absolutely, absolutely. So that's what we need. Anyway. Not to uh, go on more about Ross Thompson, Ross Thompson, uh, but um, yes, shall we come to, we were kind of jesting, of course, that the actual big news was Glasgow signing a couple of Scots boys. Um, so, announcement today, Craig. Um, is, that, is, this, is, this the, is this the John Fletcher announcement you're talking about? Uh, John, uh, yeah, uh, yes, yes, of course. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, have, I'm just playing. I didn't mean to take this. Take all the, right. uh, it's I'm all right. It's all right. No, no, no. Right, let's get serious for a second because <laughs> serious things are afoot. Uh, so, in an absolutely, um, we knew this vote was coming, but in. Um, it was described on one uh, very rubbish website, maybe slightly west of England uh, online, um, as being a uh, like just groundbreaking um, piece of legislation that's been put in place. So it was a vote uh, passed today, I believe, seventy-five percent, mm-hmm. um, to allow players to return to the uh, country of origin or somewhere they have uh, qualification for with um, three-year stand-down periods. So basically the Olympic sevens loophole, but minus the having to play sevens. And uh, that is active as of January 2022. And the other caveat is you can only do it once and World Rugby will rule on each application to do so. Yeah. I think I've got that right. Am I, am I missing anything, Craig? I don't think you're missing anything. I think you're pretty much there. I'm sure our comments will uh, light up if we are missing anything. But Absolutely yeah, that seems, that seems very Also, I think, I think I'm not sh- I may be completely wrong here, but I think you can't go up a tier. You can only go down a tier. Ah, right. Or can you, or so, can you go sideways? Let's let's pull that up because let's see what we've got. Um, I'm just having a quick skim through it just to make sure. Um, no, that is not part of the rules. Oh, for yeah. example, for example, there is mention of uh, in the um, article I've got in front of me here. There's mention of Alex Ozovsky, who played for England in 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is eligible for Italy through his uh, was it parents or grandparents? Right. Um, yeah. 
so is eligible through to, to play for Italy through a grandparent. So they are mentioning a lot about the possibility of people playing for their second Six Nations team. Yeah. Um, which, um, yeah, and actually, I mean, we joked about it before uh, with Finlay Christie Gate, but um, the idea, of, I, th- I think, the idea of tiers is quite, it's quite a strange one because we, the tier one, tier two, kind of thing. It's always been something we've mentioned, but I don't think it would be fair to not necessarily lock it to that because then you could have teams who, through various misgivings or progress, move to be tier one, but in fact, they are Fiji, for example, um, and classed as tier two. So I don't think they would they would lock it to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, long and short of it is that the the rule has been designed to try and allow. The idea is that tier two countries can claim back some of their stars who have maybe went off in search of riches in other nations. Um. It's it it's been met with mixed views, Craig. Yeah, definitely. And there's a lot of people who have who have thought it's terrible. There's a lot of people who are thinking it's a great idea. And then there's a few people in the middle that are kind of just, yeah, I don't really know how. I don't really understand it. I don't know how it's going to work. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be a good thing. Um, I honestly think it'll be a it'll be something that will allow. Um, some of the the two the second tier nations to to actually get a foothold a little bit more, um, get some more money coming through to them, um, perform better. So, I don't have a fear. The only the only thing is, as long as World Rugby, you know, who have shown that they have teeth. I thought they were a bit toothless, but they have shown that they have a little bit of yes. teeth when it comes down to to Razzie and things Mr. like that. Mr. Erasmus, yes, yeah. Um, so as long as they they adjudicate it correctly and 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 they're not to um, it's it's not used to for anybody's um, what's the word anybody's uh, gain as in. Uh, I, I was going to suggest game. nefarious gain. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, uh, yes. Then I, th- I think it's a, I think it's a great idea, and I'm also now queuing. I think we we're all decided to go through all the backlog of uh, international players and have a look to see if Sia Khaleesi actually has a Scottish grandmother, um, <laughs> and, and see who we are. <laughs> well, uh, yes. I, 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 so I think certainly he's not one. However, no, no. today's announcement has popped up a couple of interesting characters who may find themselves back in or in contention to represent Scotland. Um, Again, we're joking about Finlay Christie, but the dream is now alive, guys. We could, if Finlay gets discarded by the the All Blacks um, and spends three years maybe uh, topping up a pension fund in France, then Finlay Christie could become eligible for Scotland again, uh, as could Will Jordan, who we would quite happily have. Mm. Uh, amongst a number of other players, but obviously we're we're just kind of taking the mick a wee bit out of the situation. Of this because we obviously all joked about Finlay Christie. One of the actual ones that has come up is Jack Dempsey. Who yeah, recently, he has a, he's a Scottish grandmother, doesn't he? That's right. Yeah, and he hasn't yeah. played for Australia for quite some time. And because of the way, so obviously Dave Rennie is frantically trying to change the. Um, the rules for Australia to be able to pick over overseas players. I think he mm. has managed it, mm. um, but you do you. So I guess in some ways you got to wonder, like, 
was Dave Rennie cited on this? Because that seems quite... Or was it just that Australia were garbage? I don't know. Um, are you talking about the? Uh, are you talking about his uh, his comments? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, about... I'm talking about his. So he he lobbied when he joined the Australian Rugby Union. He lobbied to change. So Australia had a sixty cap rule, whereby any player playing abroad um, had to have sixty caps for the Wallabies to be able to continue to represent. Ah, right. Them. Right, so you're um, talking. He's he's wanting to do a Razi Rasmus with uh, with South Africa when because he changed the same. He did the same thing. Did he the not? same rule. Now um, Rennie did manage to change the same rule, which is why you had certain players coming back for. Uh, so you had guys like Will Skelton uh, coming back for the Autumn Internationals. He has yeah. managed to change some of it. Now I'm not sure if it's completely changed or if it was a temporary amendment. But uh, yeah, that that rule with this type of. This type of law changes that rule. I don't think unions can do that anymore. No, I have no idea. To be perfectly honest, that's a that's a good question. But I think I think I think it's a you know as as Razi has has shown and as Scotland has shown because if you look at Wales brought in the um the the the, the uh, only Welsh the, policy the only Welsh policy as well. England have that as well. You have to yeah. play in England. Um, I think fair enough for 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 um, for unions that have a, a a large player pool to choose from. It's not a major issue, um, but you know people like you know unions like like uh, like um, Australia, they are have got a waning. You know they've got a lot of competition for professional sport, and uh, I think. Um, you know, if they want to become the powerhouse, because you know everyone thought they were coming up, up here um, to the northern hemisphere um, for these autumn tests to 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 show everyone the new Australia, yeah. um, and and they did not perform. Um, so I think they need. I, if if it was us and it was Scotland that had the same issue, um, we'd be screaming for it ourselves because we would want our players from France and our players from players from England, etc., yeah. to come and play for us. You know, I guess I guess I was more suggesting that probably. Um, it's maybe not. Uh, I maybe wasn't clear that it's not that they can't do it. It's that it would be very. It would be. It seems like it's bad business to do it. Uh, to kind of lock your players down, and 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 say, oh, we're only going to pick players if they play in the country. Now, I agree with you. I think England, England will get away with it because they have you know X amount of clubs in the Premiership. They've mm. got lot, lots of professional spaces, and you know they're they're well, they're not. They're not that wealthy, but they're wealthy-ish. Um, yeah. Australia, probably the allure of playing for one of the three, four Super Rugby clubs is probably not as as big. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, there's. I think it's probably going to, there's going to be a change of the way that we kind of understand that traditional um, relationship between nation, national team and club team, I think. Um, or certainly there's going to be a much looser implementation of was I would expect to see England, if there was someone like, mention, let's say Owen Farrell or, or Henry Slade or someone like that was to move, they're probably too old actually. Let's say, let's for example use your, your boy Stuart, who's played fullback for England uh, mm-hmm. and seems to be the new the new messiah for them. If he was to decide to head off and top up his pension for a wee while, I would very quickly expect that 
the policy for English rugby union would change or he would be picked on an exceptional circumstance. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think we might see more of that. Yeah. But we're talking about we're talking about the big countries. The it's it's the this is obviously in place to kind of really bring back tier two players back to their, their origins. And this has all kind of come about. There was a there was chat from kind of the Pacific Islanders mainly mm-hmm. uh, regarding this, uh, and we'd already seen it starting to happen with Tonga, with uh, uh, Fekatua and uh, and a couple other boys coming back. They'd qualified through the Olympic sevens loophole. Mm-hmm. So, I, I personally, I, I I'm I'm the exact same, Craig. I actually think like I'm very much of the let let. Let everyone be everyone, and just if that's what you've decided to do, and you're willing to give up three years of international rugby, or have already given up three years of international rugby, and you want to come back to a country and attempt to represent them, because mm-hmm. let's be honest, there's no guarantee <clears throat> that a player who decides oh, I'm going to stand down or I've been stood down for New Zealand. There is no guarantee that they are then automatically going to get picked for a Fiji or a Tonga or one of these countries. Now, it's pro- it's quite likely. You know, we would struggle to see a circumstance when it didn't, but it's not automatic. And I think the other bit that's jumped out at me from this is like people are talking about what, right. So how does this how does this grow the game? How does this boost the game in these countries? How does it grow rugby? And people are saying, well, it's players are just going to go back and they're going to take the place of a of a player who would be playing international rugby. Probably back to your Duncan Weir argument. I can't believe I've just linked the new international residency laws to Duncan Weir, but bear with me a sec. I'm, players, I'm players like Fekatoa going back to play for Tonga, the lift that gives the players around him, the skills, the wisdom, the knowledge he can impart, but also young fans sitting at home going, we've got a bloody superstar playing for us now. We've got a guy who was at one point considered one of the best centres in the world. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that like players going back to these countries, they, they will just inspire uh, a bit of enthusiasm, a bit of... Um, Support for the team. Yeah, I think I think you know you've got the halo effect. I also think the um, uh, it'll allow the players that have maybe been in the past um, fought over and capped for one or two caps just to put a, a shirt on their back and say nobody else can have them. Um, I think it'll allow them to have an international career that they can be proud of rather than saying, well, I was I was once an international. Oh, how many caps do you get? One or right. two. Um, and I think, uh, you know, you know, you're not going to see, for example, Yako or, uh, in fact, I'm not entirely sure, you know, I don't think... Um, you would either see, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, that's Duhan going to be gone as well. I, I don't yeah. think you'll see that. Um, but maybe, you know, you, you never know with Yako, you never know with um, a, a few other people out there that have had one or two, you know. Um, mind you, I don't think um, Paolo Adogo has actually had a cap yet, has he? No, he hasn't. No, no. Um, so, but you've got these players that can go and play for the for other teams. And I think I, I, 
for me, I'm I'm all about extending people's careers, getting them as much money as they possibly can for playing this dangerous sport that we we enjoy watching. Completely agree. And let's just address. Let's you've touched on it there, Craig. Let's address the Duhan. Let's okay. talk about the Duhan situation now. As you rightly say, some fans have immediately taken this, despite all the um all the other things that they could be talking about with regards to this ruling that's come about. Some fans have taken this as Duhan van der Merwe is immediately going to um get his jets on, stand down for Scotland, and take three years out of international rugby before qualifying for South for South Africa in what are we now 2021 so uh, mm. after the next world cup so let's go through a couple of key points which would maybe suggest this being utter tripe first of all he's 26 okay yeah 26 mm. stands down for three years he will yeah. be 29 wingers have quite a short shelf life compared to a lot of rugby players because a lot of it's based on pace he would be yeah, he'd be 29 going on 30 when he eventually made his South African debut, assuming all of this happens immediately, which is not mm. going to. Mm. He also is a player who has been given a window, he's been given international um, international window to kind of show what he's about. He, from what he's said in the press and what he seems to be saying privately and the, the messages that have come out, he's, he is very committed to Scotland. He loves playing for Scotland. He loves Scotland as a country. Scotland was the country who gave him a rugby career, mm. is the general message that comes. Um, And I think... Yeah, I, th- I think it shows um, Scotland's view of themselves actually, as a nation, that we would immediately assume that a guy who... Because <laughs> I guess, like, there's a point here that Duhan didn't have to play for Scotland. Nobody nobody held a gun to him. Nobody no. said to him, mate, you absolutely need to play for Scotland or else you, if you will not get a contract for Edinburgh if you don't play for Scotland. Um, Edinburgh would have kept him on gladly, even Absolutely. if he decided, you know what? No, I don't want to represent Scotland. I still want to put my hat in the ring for the Saffers. Um, I know I can't qualify for them just now, but I'm putting in some good performances. I'm going to move back to one of the Super Rugby teams, or as soon as the URC turns up, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to try and uh, make one of their teams and see what happens. Um it's it's completely and utterly mental for people to think that that would be something that would be on his mind, let alone standing down for three years, which is an awful look given that you've qualified on residency. I think residency players are going to be particularly early residency career players who are probably in a situation where they've they've kind of been given a bit of a second chance it's going to be a bad, bad look for them. And rugby is a small community. Mm. I think I, th- I think. I think. it's also taking in a fair few assumptions there. You know, um, first of all, that he doesn't want to go to the World Cup with Scotland. Um, right. Second one, you know, he's not, he's, he's going to stand down right away and it assumes he's going to get picked for South Africa. Yeah, um, issue, yep. the, you know, if you look at, and, and this is, the, the, it, he is a giant among men. 
um, within the Northern Hemisphere rugby. He will then become um, a normal rugby player if he goes back to South Africa and plays amongst the, the South Africans that he's that he's with. Because I'm not I'm not saying that that we haven't got giant wingers etc. But if you look at you know he's made a very good career out of or out of out of um, out of becoming a Scotland international and yeah. playing for Edinburgh. Now, okay, fair enough. There's a lot of people who who are very bitter about the fact that immediately when he got his residency, he bogged off to to Worcester, um, and I I understand that. I was I was pretty gutted about him leaving um, uh, leaving Edinburgh myself. Yeah, but you can't. You know, someone who's gone through the injury woes that he has had and has been the player that he has been, where yep. he was for, virtually forgotten about in France, he's going to take every opportunity he possibly can. Um, so, so I think, I think it's it's as usual. We're kind, of, I guess, we're kind of feeding off Twitter. We're feeding off a few random comments that are out there. Um, I think if you really put your thinking cap on and think and actually think it through, I think it. You know, it's fair enough if he goes to the World Cup for us, and then he then he decides that his he's, he's international career with Scotland is over. That's fair enough. We've got an, we've got a World Cup out of him, and he'll yeah. have had a fair few caps, and he's got a good chance of um, getting close to Hoggy's new record as well. well that, <laughs> that, that, record, that's you know? exactly uh, that's exactly it, and I think that's probably a nice way to segue into the the kind of review of the Japan game. Um, so, for those of you who haven't uh, seen the result, um, Scotland's beat Japan 29-20 um, at the weekend. It was, um, hmm, it was, it was a thing. Uh, it was fairly average. Scotland's made a lot of errors. Um, I guess the positive for me. Obviously, so probably the biggest positive to come out of it was Stuart Hogg, as we've all predicted for many, many, many moons, has finally overtaken the Scottish try record. Uh, he now stands alone as the top Scottish try scorer um, with what was a very good try, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, I went on to uh, say on top of the moon. So Kevin Miller, who writes for the site, um, I went on to his page and he had a, a, a video um list of Stuart Hogg's tries for Scotland. And to be fair, the boy does not score like bang average tries. Every one of them was like, oh, that's a world day. Oh, that's a world day. Um he like he likes a good try, does our hog. Yeah, and you know, I've 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 been fairly um critical of, of Stuart Hogg um on the podcast and 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 I re- I remain to be so. Um, I do think there are times he is he he he's fairly greedy. He won't pass the ball. He slows up in contact when I think he should become accelerating through contact, etc. But on the other side of things, you cannot turn round and say that he cannot score a try. Um, if you look at some of his Exeter tries, if you look at some of his Scotland tries, some of his Glasgow tries, yeah. they are outstanding. And he is an out. He is, and I you know. He, I always remember when Gatland was to, was being interviewed. This was the beginning of Six Nations a, a wee while ago, and and he said, you know, is there any players out with the Wales set up that you would like to have in your team? And his first the first player he put in his list was Stuart Hogg. Yeah. So, 
you know, you cannot, no matter what anybody says about Gatland, he's, an, he's, a, he's been an exceptional coach. And uh, and and if he's thought off that way by Gatland, you know, um, I, I, I can't take anything away from Hoggy. No, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, it was it was good to see him get the try. Um, Scotland did make hard work of the overall performance. I thought it was it was interesting that we we seemed to only score off of quite early phase ball. Um, and Japan Japan were vastly improved from where they've been. Um, which was. Yeah, it was it was good to see they they they'd kind of improved. Um, everyone had still expected Scotland to spank them, and that didn't transpire. At some points, you know, it was one of those weird games, and I don't know what what does this tell us about being Scotland rugby fans, Craig? But it was for me, it was one of those weird games where it never felt like we were going to lose, but it was like, how much are we like where where's the gap? My, I, well, that's a that's an interesting one because I was I was maybe a little bit more negative than you were because I actually thought we were going to. Um, right. I had it, I just had it in my mind, um, and I think well, it's it started at the beginning of the autumn series where I was thinking yeah. we're talking about you know how are we, what's going to please us what's the, what sort of scores are we going to do we think two out of four do we think three out of four and and I actually was more worried about the Japan game than I was. The South African game, um, yeah. and and I really, my, so uh, Japan had possession, and they showed that you don't have to kick the ball and have a game of kick tennis to go forward, and, yeah, and yeah. they were quite outstanding that way. My my biggest issue, and if we are to if 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 ever if we are to do what everyone has started talking about, and that is to he whispers it win the World Cup. Um, <laughs> if we are to do something like that, we need to knock the penalties on the head. This is doing my head in. Um, it's ripping my knitting. I've had enough of it. We need to stop the brain-dead penalties. And my biggest, biggest annoyance, and maybe we'll keep it for hands in the rock, but not rolling away in, in, a, in a tackle situation. Yeah. yeah there, there's quite on. a few... Quite a few penalties for that, and basic, uh, yeah. And I think both sides were actually really guilty of offside, which seems true. Yeah, what seemed it seemed like it seemed like so. Not to criticise the officials, but it seemed like there was there was some decisions that were overly picky. Yes, and then on the counter of that, there was at least four high shots. That were completely ignored, yeah. and you're like, if you're going to be picky, like if you want to be that guy, you want to be that guy in the middle, or want to be that referee that is picky, fine, that is your prerogative, sir. However, get get picky with everything and make sure you get a decision right. The the one we actually we scored was it actually the hog try where Chris Harris nearly got decapitated, mm. um, and it's like. I get, you know, the outcome is that Scotland's got to try, so fine, okay, we probably, we probably crack on. But it was a high shot. It was contact to the head. It was reckless at best. Mm. So you take another look at that, and it's just there was a couple of inconsistencies which um, 
which were a bit frustrating. Um, I think overall in the autumn, we'll come actually. Let's we'll come overall in the autumn because I want to just single out one more player for uh, for for positivity. Is it Yavan Sebastian? Uh, no, because okay, no, that's fine. no, like. <laughs> If he wants to go and take three years off and qualify for Wales, I'm not. He's welcome. He's yeah. welcome. Please, please. Ah, uh, no. I, I'd forgotten he was in the squad, actually. And he came on and I was like, oh, who's that prop coming? Oh, oh, come on. No. Hey, listen. Oh. It's, it's, listen, I'm not doing any, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a prop and I've got prop love. So. He's, a, he's a prop. And do you know what? He qualifies to represent his country and... It just shows actually that playing for air is harder than playing for Scotland. So that that seems to be the the argument that has come from that. So, and all of Ayrshire, you are welcome because I want, <laughs> I may have once called you funny names. Um, yeah. So the person I want to single out for absolute praise, Chris Harris. He seems to be the the he's becoming fast becoming the golden child of Scotland rugby. But Chris Harris was on a one-man mission to dismantle as many Japanese attackers as he could. And he wasn't even doing it in the, oh, we're just going to tackle, roll, you know, the kind of traditional, you see, wrap the legs down, roll, back in line. He was absolutely smashing people. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think this, this, was it, I think he started smashing people mainly in the second half and I think he just kind of decided I've had enough of this um, uh, this messing about let's get on with it and I think <laughs> I think um, he thoroughly deserved his man of the match um, or player of the match, um, of the I, match was, yes. okay. I was really really pleased to see his performance he's been for me he's been outstanding throughout the whole the whole um, series um, and uh, I really I really you know um I'm really pleased for him. I think uh, I'll Johnny McGinty is usually says that he usually puts his hand up and says I was the first. You know, I was I was quite nasty about him when he first yeah. he first got his first cap. And to be perfectly honest, so was I. Yeah, I was, like, I was the same. What are we doing with this guy? I was um, the same. Couldn't couldn't understand true. it. But then he was, if I remember correctly, he came on on the wing. Um, his and, first cap was on the wing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I think um, I think he's found his place at outside centre, and uh, I'm really pleased to see him do well. He's he's doing he's doing magnificently. And can we also just give a shout out to uh, whoever at the, the SRU kind of um, player engagement marketing teams have got people really really the fan interaction after that Japan game was magnificent and we've heard so many positive stories McGinty's got one himself but we've heard so many positive stories about the interaction the fans have had with the players my particular highlight was watching Finn Russell walk all the way around the bus as they were leaving Um, he walked all the way around the bus signing autographs most of the players just went straight on the bus uh, a few boys were handing out cans, uh, cans of uh, cans of the the sponsors' lager beer. Um, Chris Harris had a cargo in his in his uh, under his arm, which just continues to endear me to him. Um, but they'd done a great job, like, and the way they were waving at all the fans and making sure, like, everyone felt part of it. I was really impressed. Uh, it hasn't always felt like that. Yeah, I think I think we went through a stage of uh, of the players kind of 
um, mentally preparing and then being whisked away at the end of it. And uh, you know, the other, and I, I think we're we're now seeing. I think having the fans away and playing a lot of games with no fans has made SRU, the players, the coaching staff, etc., realise how much the fans are needed. Um, it's, it's a really, really good point, actually, Craig. And uh, yeah, I think you, you do forget just how hard it must have been for the players to go through that. Like, yeah, well, yeah. we've all we've all played in front of two men and a dog, and you. Uh, yeah to get energy like the difference like just hearing the anthem at the weekend and hearing you know the actual 67,000 people singing the anthem and then the the kill of the bagpipes and just how much that must mean to the players and yeah and it was reflected back which was was amazing so yeah, um so right we'll we'll do a we'll do a quick uh a quick review then of the autumn, and actually, I'm going to simply ask you, um, two positive points, and uh, an even better if we'll call it because we're because I'm doing this like positivity nonsense at work, okay. uh, so we'll call it an even better if. So something something Scotland can work on, but two positives and something they can work on, and then I would like you to give like an overall grade. For All me. right. Okay. 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 So me first, or are you going? Uh, for... Yeah. No. But but in the autumn as a whole. So okay. Uh, what went well? Right. Sorry. Uh, my my uh, for some reason my um, my computer's just gone a bit crazy there. My apologies. Um. So my two positive points. Well, will we start with the negative or start with the positive. Whatever you whatever you desire to do craig there is okay. there is no right. structure here i'm in charge okay so we'll go with the positives uh, i'm a i think um i think our new caps some of our new caps so for example it was great to see uh rufus get his get his um his cap um although it was a middle of the road um uh start but it was good to see him um, it was great to see the, the greatest showman get his cap. I think he's going to be an absolute star, no matter what. Um, no matter, no matter what, Johnny what McGinty Ma- says. No matter what Johnny McGinty says about him, and yes, he has. He's 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 new to international rugby, and I totally understand that. But you know, he will he will come on leaps and bounds. Um, and uh, I think um, Ewan Ashman has 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 been the find of the century. I think he, I think he will. We've got you know George Turner, um, Rambo. All have um, a lot of uh, what's the word? They have to be keeping an eye on their backs because he's he's going to be around and he's going to be especially now with them signing that loan deal at Glasgow, which might turn into a, a into a, a continual deal. Um, I think uh, I think those have that, that's been fabulous. Um, so was that the, was that one point or two? Did I give two points? Uh, no, I think that was just so the new caps was a positive. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely. That's fair. Uh, I think definitely. I think if I was to if pull out a positive, uh, for me it was the, the level of attendance actually, because I was mm. a little bit worried. Uh, obviously, the Tonga game's a bit different because it's mm. outside the window and it wasn't necessarily included in the package that was sold. But the level of attendance at the game was great. The crowd was really really good. Hearing the hearing the roar back. Um, I guess the numbers were brilliant, but I think if Scotland play better, 
the crowd gets involved more and there was yeah. a little bit of kind of a damp squib about having all those people there and not much to shout about. But yeah. it's great to see fans back. So that's yeah. the first yeah. positive for me. Yeah, I agree with that one. That's, that, you know, that, uh, you know, certainly my experience at the South Africa game was absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, I'll, I'll say this because Johnny's not here, but the company was great. I really enjoyed uh, being in my pals. Part of the company was great. Um, and then, uh, and the main thing for me, you know, I really, as I've always said, and we said on Twitter, etc., I agree at the anthems. I love, the, I love hearing the anthems. But my second um, positive, I think, is and and we always see the hope it's the hope that kills you um but i think in our people are now talking about scotland again in a positive way um and i think uh, it's great to see scotland being talked about in not only podcasts but also in the press also in in pundits uh, by the, the fan in the street we're now starting to maybe, you know, I'm not going to get all excited and start saying we're going to be winning World Cups, but I think, um, you know, we are in a situation where we have the ability um, uh, to go further nowadays. We have got, I do believe we have, you know, the, a team, um, not a once-in-a-lifetime team, but we've got a team that are going to do, uh, that have the opportunity to, to win the Six Nations if they uh, if we cut out our penalties and cut out our mistakes, so there's a, there's opportunities there. So that's a positive for me. Yep, no, that's a really good one, Craig. Thanks. Uh, I'm going to bring in. We've said Beetlejuice's name enough times, so he's appeared. Here he comes. Yep. There he is. Hello, Hello McGinty. Hello, how are we doing? Uh, not too bad, buddy. Just to catch you up where you are, because obviously you'll have been watching the pods whilst you've been. Uh, Skipping off training, uh, doing your stretches <laughs> and stuff, but uh, we're just we're just doing a, a quick autumn review actually, and we're we're just talking about some of the what we believe the positives, a couple of the positives, and one kind of work on or even better if that Scotland could maybe take away from the autumn, um, and then I'm going to ask you to give your overall grade for the autumn. Um, so I think I'll allow you, Johnny, because you've just come in halfway. <laughs> think about your think about improvement methodology think about your even better if for for scotland and have a think about your grades and i'll talk about my my last positive and maybe maybe what i think we can work on uh whilst you have your pondering cap because i don't want to just bring you in cold because you know i've got to let you get warmed up because craig's been dashing it out to you so <laughs> um yeah so i i i think the big positive for me right We've come away from this series having played two of the top three in the world um, and Japan who beat us the last time we played them and who by all accounts are a fairly decent side and we've walked away with a three out of four wins which in autumn's gone by three out of four wins would have been an absolute, we would have bitten we would have chewed arms, shoulders, and probably half of a torso off to get that. Um, and we'd done it winning ugly. There, there's mm. no doubt about it. Now, I know there's been a couple of comments about, like, so one one popped up here regarding, oh, that's the wrong one. I'll try that one. Uh, Magnus Peacock here said, you have to wonder how much of Townsend's attack plan was actually Mike Blair's. We looked far less threatening this autumn than in the spring. Now, I think, yeah, I... I agree, we probably did look less threatening, but to a certain extent, we looked less threatening because we made a lot of mistakes. And 
we were playing right on the edge. Now, if that is an example of respect for our opponents, then great. Um, we seem to be trying things that were a bit different. But ultimately, we did play some very ugly rugby. You know, we, we scored... We scored tries from malls. We 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 defended like our lives depended on it. We yes, we cut loose and scored some fabulous scores, but ultimately, a lot of our play was built on very very solid defence and trying to get a set piece that was misfiring to work. Mm. And if you look at the stats, the amount of Scot- <clears throat> amount of Scotland ball and the wins we had the. The penalties we gave up, you've already mentioned penalties, Craig. We gave up so many penalties. We lost a lot of turnovers. We lost ball on set piece. But we won the matches. And that is not the Scotland way. (laughs) So, for me, that's a massive positive. The negative, however, is can we, as Craig rightly says, get rid of all that, lob it in a bin, and burn it before the Six Nations? Because if we do that against ruthless teams... And I'm saying ruthless. We came up against South Africa. South Africa are ruthless. If we do what we've done in this autumn against Ireland, England, Wales, France, we are gonna we're gonna get crushed. And that's like that's not it's not representative of where Scotland are. Because we have so much to give, but we are holding ourselves back with this discipline and set pieces. So, yeah, I, I I agree. I think I think I think you know we had two or three really good scoring opportunities throughout the, the autumn series, and our lineout misfired. And you know we've always had a fairly good lineout. Um, we've always had a fairly good, you know, if if we have a missed lineout, there are times that we would say, you know, it would stand out like a sore thumb. But now we're kind of at the point where is this lineout going to work? And it actually is the other way around. When we win a line, it stands out like a sore thumb for me. So I think um, if we can, we need, you know, yes, the fast flowing rugby is fabulous and it looks good. And and, and we've got the backs now, we've got the, the backs to, to, to solve that, you know, to, to do that. But again, being an old prop, etc., we need to make sure that we're still focusing on the set piece to provide that ball. Absolutely. Right, Johnny. You've had enough thinking time, pal. What's your what's your what's your work on for the for the autumn? Um fairly similar and quite related to to you guys. I think what we're missing, and it's a shame, it's a difficult one because I don't think it's something you can necessarily work on. I think it's something we need to find, but we don't have a lot of nastiness in the forwards. Like Sam Skinner is probably as close as we've got. Xander obviously likes to likes to throw the handbags around but he's he's not nasty about it do you know what i mean he's not he's not Ibanezabeth or peter romani that sort of you need somebody you need someone who's a horrible horrible forward and i think scotland just at the moment don't quite have it and when it does start to get to be an ugly game you need somebody like that um, and i don't think you can just turn around to a forward who we've got at the moment and say right you're you're nasty now I think yeah. needs to, yeah. someone needs to appear who can do it. So yeah. what you're saying is we need Ryan Wilson back. We yeah. really don't. We really don't need <laughs> Ryan Wilson back. Barbarian Ryan Wilson, thank you very much. Oh, he's, he, he, he had a 23-minute uh, celebration earlier on, Johnny, don't worry. Uh, between him and Ross Thompson, I took up most of the first part of yeah, the podcast. The, so. the news was all about Glasgow. 
Uh, yeah, did you mention you and Ashman, by the way, the most exciting bit of news? Yes, uh, yeah, did. no, he was he was actually just the first piece of news. Just right, checking. The headline. Yeah. yeah. And then something about, about eligibility laws or something got mentioned as well. <laughs> yeah, like, I, had a, yeah. I had a wee sleep out, a sleep file that happened while John was going. <laughs> oh, you didn't. You were drooling with excitement and don't you tell it any, any other way. Uh, right, yeah, I, I completely agree, Johnny. I think like there is an element of... Yeah, we need to. There's still that finding. You, it's almost we still feel like the nice guys, and there is. I, I mean, I would say seeing Peter O'Mahony smile was like amongst the most like terrifying things I've ever seen, and I never yeah. want that to happen ever again. And if we could just make that, make that like, it's almost like Johnny Sexton smiling. I don't think it's possible. <laughs> Johnny uh, Sexton not moaning. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll tell I mean, you what, Peter O'Mahony getting getting picked up on the ref mic going, that's dirty, that's dirty. That wouldn't be like you, would it? That is the definition of a bit rich coming from I Peter is, O'Mahony. Uh, yeah, yeah, Th- those yeah. in glass houses and all that. Ah, Pe- peak, peak irony. There's a right. word for that, but we can't use it. Yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not <laughs> quite on to our uh, behind the people <laughs> phase yet. Um, so, um, grade out of 10 then, just to really complicate things. Greg? How was the autumn? Um, I'm going to say, uh, for me, judging by the, the, the opposition that we had, um, the performance we had against Japan, um, and how uh, our friends in Australia really couldn't put <laughs> themselves together, I think we're a 6 out of 10. That's um, yeah, jump, on mean, Ross, jump on a Ross, Ross Ford. Ford. <laughs> yeah, Ross we had Ford. a Ross Ford autumn. There we go. I'm getting a title at this podcast already. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. John, Johnny, uh, where, where um, are you lying that? I'll no, I'll push it up slightly and I'll say seven. Um, just purely because if we'd played Australia in spring instead of autumn, we'd have lost that game, yeah. like uh. It would have gone the way of the Wales game, the Six Nations, and we would have lost it when it started to get squeaky at the end. So I think we have improved in that regard. So I'll give us a seven. Yeah, and I and I think for having everyone back in the stadium, just seeing some some good wins, um, some squeaky bum time, as you rightly say, Johnny. Um, no one real, no one outside of Scotland really thought we should beat Australia. Because of the results they'd had, and actually, yeah, it was. I think the problem I had with it was it was actually much more comfortable, or it should have been more comfortable than we made it, and that was the case for all the games. Um, I, I think I'm going to like in typical host fashion. I'm going to go straight in between the periods and just say a standard. It was a six a six and a half out of ten. It was a fairly average autumn, but. We did get some good wins, and um, apart from the South Africa game, which is a bit of a blight on it, but it was very predictable. I, I think we've done very well, So, but I think we should be setting our standards much higher, and that's why it's a six and a half. So um, that, 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 is, that concludes the autumn the autumn series. Everyone can now cancel their Amazon Prime uh, memberships, and uh, although, I'm keeping me going for another month for uh, for free delivery for your Crimble presents. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, there's also some very good programs on there that I've I've discussed this in the past, but like uh, 
It's important. Just just check out your subscriptions. See what you get. There's some really good stuff on there. Um, well, we well, I'm aware of time and our uh, our folks that are uh, joining us who are not the the, the guys that are kind of trying to get the preview in here before going before we go premium and they have to phone up a dodgy line to get us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk dirty to you, it's fine. That's it, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll go, we'll Is go it going to be that voice? Uh, we'll go, we'll go, to, our, voice. go to our OnlyFans content. Um, what are you in, Johnny? <laughs> right. You Hold guys, your shorts, mate. <laughs> these guys just wind it back in for a second. <laughs> This is for the, this is the premium content we send. Okay, right? okay, yeah, you don't okay, give away okay. this stuff for free, right? All right, no worries. What you do in the clubhouse is completely up to you guys, right? But quickly touching the URC, the Ultimate Fighting Rugby Championship is back. How have Yay. we missed it? Woo woo woo! Oh, and John's bye, just gone. Bye, John. So, uh, bye, John. so yeah, how, um, so how have you missed the URC, Craig? Uh, I have missed the URC. I am looking forward so much to going getting back to the dam. There he is. Um, so can't wait to get back to the dam. And uh, uh, and we have our uh, our um, club appreciation night back at the dam next Friday when we play uh, Benetton. Um, so uh, or Treviso, so or Benetton Treviso. Um, so can't wait, can't wait for that. But I think we're away at Dragons this weekend. So I'm expecting a pump, not us. Getting a bump in, but us giving a bump in at the weekend. So fingers you crossed. You are indeed. I I managed to click completely the wrong button and just completely remove myself from everything, which was a good effort. Uh, yeah, and no in the excitement of the URC being back, it was like click <laughs> buttons. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought it was just me starting to talk about Edinburgh and you just had to talk about uh, uh, No, Edinburgh are away at the Dragons, so uh, that'll be really embarrassing when you lose there. Um <laughs> No, it should, it should. I have to say, club appreciation night that Edinburgh are doing next week is one of the nicest ideas I've heard in quite some yeah. time. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Is, yeah, to give credit where it's due, that's a, is a really sensible and really cool idea. And hopefully the night uh, goes well and he's, he's all enjoy yourself. I think, like, so Edinburgh are up against the Dragons. Uh, you, you would be targeting at least four points down there, Craig, yeah? No, I'm a five-pointer for down there. Five I, think point. be, I think we should be down there and uh, letting loose. Um, the only <laughs> issue I have is depending what happens with our, with our, um, our Scotland players because they'll yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. be rested. Um, but uh, I I know that Dragons are on the are, are, have have got some fairly major scalps over the last uh, few games, so we have to be careful what we wish for. But um, yeah. I. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm I'm fully expecting five points and uh, and and a move on. You know. And in probably what is a season-defining uh, clash for the Italian-Scots rivalry shield, the the pizza, the pizza Mars Bar Cup, or whatever it's called, <laughs> the, the um, pizza trophy, the pizza, pizza crunch trophy, yeah. pizza, 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 pizza crunch trophy, trophy. That's exactly right? what we're calling. That's it. that is now the pizza <laughs> crunch trophy. Uh, so, in what what could be, you know, a, a kind of the the game that decides it actually. Um, no, so listen to you thinking, flowing so much <laughs> smoke up a Glasgow's backside. <laughs> nice job. Listen, you're playing the you're playing the Rainbow Cup winners, by the way. Uh, that's <laughs> right. We are playing the Mario Kart Champion Cups uh, winners. Um, we've got Benetton away, which actually, to be fair, right. So this for me 
will be a game that defines Glasgow's season. And I'm I'm not like over-egging that. Actually, I think that's the type of fixture that Glasgow, if they're at all serious about being close to playoffs or competing at any point in this season, it's a game you have to go away, you have to grind out a win, you have to get four points and come home. I think in seasons gone by, Benetton would have been a, a much easier proposition and obviously people are a little bit worried about it. I, I just can't get myself worried about Benetton because I've spent so many times on here being wrong about them and saying how bad they are. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna have to double down on it and go, Glasgow should be going over there and winning. Well, the good news is I'm worried enough for both of us then, so that's fine. Because Oh good. Well, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly think any of the three of us, Benetton included, could win the Pizza Crunch trophy. And going to Benetton in the first game back when we don't know what the story's gonna be with our internationals. Uh no, I'm not looking forward to it at all. We've got we've got Ross Thompson and Josh Mackay, so we're fine. Oh well, when you put it like that, yeah, we'll. we'll Josh Mackay's back. Josh Mackay has arrived in Glasgow. What more does we need? I I I um I'm more worried about about Benetton when you go away than I am when the when we are home. Um, I think they you know they they are getting their their game together. They've got a fairly when we're talking about nastiness, they've got a fairly nasty forward back. Yeah. Um they've got and, and no matter what anybody says, they've got a magician at ten. I think Garbisi is absolutely fantastic. Very good player, yeah. Um, whether he's is playing he, is, or not, that's a different story. Is he still there or has he gone to France yet? I thought is it the end of this season he's going to France? I think it's the end of this season. Was he not playing for the last well, I might be completely wrong. I apologize if I'm wrong, but I I, I would um, like him to be in France already if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that would be ideal. And actually if the if the Italians wanted to rest like quite a lot, they're internationals after their exploits over the, the autumn. That I mean that would be wonderful. What I don't understand is why if they're they're playing us at home in, in, in uh, a week on Friday or a week is it a week on Saturday or maybe anyway next weekend, why they're not coming over and playing playing Glasgow and just staying in the middle of the week? It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a conspiracy, crazy. mate. It's a conspiracy. That's what it is. It's because uh, <laughs> we, we know how poor uh, poor Glasgow are away uh, in Italy. So I suppose so it's, 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 it's an Edinburgh bias. Yes, are you? Pick the fixtures. <laughs> Right, I'm joking, of course. No, no, don't write me. It's <laughs> Big Al sitting there going, right, actually, I want to, I want to play Bennett and away. That's what he's decided. We are going to sort them right out. And then <laughs> those Edinburgh boys, they're going to get pumped at him. And we'll be like, look at us, mate. We are brilliant. That's exactly how it's going to go. Yeah, so... um Obviously, we're just kidding. I think I think Glasgow it'll be a really good game actually, and if uh, both teams can play some attack rugby, it'll be really nice. Uh, hopefully, both both pro sides get a win at the weekend. Fingers crossed. Because um, I would like the eighteen seventy two to be actually the Pizza Crunch Trophy uh, decider, um, but we shall see. Um, I guess that was a whistle stop tour of the URC being back. Uh, we all know Leinster are going to win it anyway. Um, so let us. Call it at that for our free content. I'm now going to look. I'm kind of. I'm looking at you guys, but I'm actually looking over here because I'm trying to like figure out which ones of them I switch off now. Um, oh, staring at your eyes, John. And you oh, get staring at my eyes. That's that. I've got gorgeous eyes as well. Okay. <laughs> you've been 